Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Thursday Night Lives with the Parent Pod. And the Parent Pod, every week we are trying to be bringing you um, different resources and topics, both fun, serious, educational, everything in between. Um, this hour's for you. So we're going to have some fun, we're going to learn some stuff, and we're going to do some fun giveaways. This evening, um, I have two guests that have worked with Cape Cod Moms before, and I'm excited that they are back again this evening. You might have seen them before at the Parent Resource Fair or out in public. You might have had a chance to get to know them. We have Amy Wyman from Good Grief Cape Cod, and we have Jacob Stapleton from Children's Cove. And tonight, they're going to be talking about, um, we're going to generally talk about two very important topics, grief uh, and body and internet safety and later in a couple weeks we're going to come back to these topics and we're going to do a little more in-depth talk on this so um just a little reminder we do do prizes so we're going to be uh awarding a kindness basket to someone tonight and we're going to surprise them live on the air and that's going to be about halfway through our show and we're also going to be awarding a um Cape Cod Quarantini shirt and a $25 cash card to someone who, just by asking a question the same. So if you ask a question, you'll be entered to win. We'll put your name into random.org over here while Jacob and Amy are talking because they're going to take your questions. And then uh, we'll award some prizes to them. Cape Cod Quarantini shirts, just for everybody who may not remember, they were made by my friend uh, Lily Matthews. She's from Falmouth and she's in eighth grade and they got a little shark fin and a ball, if you can't tell, with a little quarantine. Um, they're really cute, and she's trying to make some money this summer, so I'm happy to support her. So with that being said, let me bring on uh, my guest this evening. I'm going to bring on Jacob and Amy right now. Here we go. Hi, guys. How are you? Oh, hold on one second. I forgot to unmute them. Hi, Jacob. Hi. How are you? Hi, Amy. Good evening. Hi. Thanks for having me tonight. Thanks so much for joining us. So um, as I said before, uh, Amy is from Good Grief Cape Cod, and they deal with uh, getting information for children and families going through grief, whatever may be the cause, whether it's through a death, a trauma, um, and even something like what's going on right now, that's certainly, we were just talking, I was just saying, I kind of feel like a trauma victim lately um, with rewriting the hamster wheel over and over and over again. Um, and then my friend Jacob here, and he's from Children's Cove, and um, I'm really glad he's joining us because one of the things he's going to kind of talk about tonight is internet safety in a world where we're on the computer and on the internet more and Ah, I, I'm overwhelmed, guys. I'm overwhelmed. So why don't we start with you, Jacob? Why don't you um, start right in, introduce yourself, tell us about you, what Children's Cove does, and let's let's get going. Absolutely. And uh, first thing I just wanted to let you know, so I, I did do a little quick check, and it looks like my video is not working. Um, so I apologize for that, everyone. I'm not intentionally trying to hide, just something's going on with my uh, computer right now. So, uh, but my name is Jacob Stableton. I am the community education and outreach coordinator at Children's Cove. Um, we are the child advocacy center for the Cape and the Islands. Uh, we work collaboratively with uh, all departments of law enforcement, 
from Bourne to Provincetown, as well as Nantucket and Martha's Vineyard, uh, the Department of Children and Families, which is the child protection agency for uh, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, as well as the district attorney's office for the investigation and response of cases involving child sexual abuse, severe physical abuse, witness to domestic violence and commercial sexual exploitation of children, which includes um, online or internet-based exploitation as well as human trafficking. So, so we, we deal with some uh, pretty heavy content and some pretty difficult stuff. However, um, our entire our organization is dedicated to the, the safety of children in our community and um, making sure that we're doing so operating from, from hope healing best practices and and regardless of what something is what has happened to someone uh, it does not determine their outcome in life that we believe that everybody can and, and will recover um, from trauma so just as a quick background for for who we are and what we do and uh, my primary role is is to provide education such as this and, and training out to the community and and professionals so definitely uh, fantastic work to work with cape cod moms i've met some great partners such as good grief cape cod um, so just a lot of, of good stuff. So um, as far as for the for the topic that we were going to talk about tonight, which is internet safety, that's, uh, you know, one of the big pieces I, I talk about is that seems like such a big, broad topic, you know, same thing as when we talk about uh, body safety is, oh my God, what does that mean? And and it's, you know, it's lingo. It's overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's overwhelming to think about. It's it, a lot. It definitely is. It, it's very overwhelming to think about. And, uh, you know, because both of these things, they as adults and as parents, we um, we know a lot. You know, we have a, um, a lot of knowledge in our lives and about things that kids don't. And so sometimes it's hard for us to separate um, our extensive knowledge and and give just the need to know into information for kids. You know, and and that makes it really difficult because we always want to you know teach kids about um, you know safety crossing the street, right? And looking both ways to before you cross the street. And, you know, kids are gonna ask why. Well, we say because you could get hurt. We don't go into all of the graphic details of what, you know, being hit by a car might end up with, um, but we talk about safety generally. And so when, we, when we're talking about body safety, when we talk about internet safety, we don't necessarily need to go all into the nitty gritty and, and detailed reasons why, we just have to get to the heart of it. And it's, well, because I love you, because you're my child, because I wanna keep you safe. And, and some things aren't safe and, and that's why. So establishing those, those rules. Um, and I think that, you know, with what we were talking about before, with everybody kind of being at home, um, self-quarantined and, you know, various levels of restrictions and personal preference and personal health issues, um, children are spending a dramatically increased amount of time online. Um, and so because of that, uh, you know, it's it's really important for us to start thinking about those, that access and the amount of time that, that kids are, are spending online. Um, and, and because the, the reality is that the internet is not a safe place, um, even, for, even for young kids, even though there are so many websites that are dedicated just for young kids, um, just even though there's, uh, you know, programs and applications and uh, there's Game Boys and Switches and those types of systems that are specifically for kids, not all of them are, are safe devices. And so um, I, I think the biggest thing is as parents, we have to start raising our level of awareness and engagement with this technology.
Absolutely. I, and it's funny you say that because even things that you wouldn't normally think of, for example, my son was playing a Slither.io game and I would have thought that that was relatively harmless. Like it's, it's a worm chasing around, you know, the little glowing balls on the screen, but it was the names that of the people that they were naming themselves that he was playing against that every once in a while, there's something inappropriate and, you know, mm -hmm. I know he wants to play Fortnite, but every once in a while, there's something, you know, you really have to monitor. Um, and like you said, you might think it's safe, but it, it might not be. And that's and that's the piece that, you know, with the advent of, of technology and, and, you know, regardless of, of your age and your exposure to the world of technology and, and online, um, it grows so fast and it moves so quickly. And now with, I mean, we've all just seen how in the past three months, how much has shifted online. Um, and, and unfortunately, one of the realities is that those that their goal, their objective is to exploit children who are, you know, trying to victimize children, um, they now have less of a direct access to children. And so predators and those that are going, who are trying to gain access to children are going to go, they're always going to go where children are. And right now they're online. And so a lot of the times, you know, when even parents that are being very diligent about what their kids are interacting with. So video games, for example, you know, nobody would generally think or have a second doubt that Pokemon or Minecraft or any of those places yep. are spaces where there may be predators. Unfortunately, the reality is that is exactly where they are. And, and so when we're talking about online safety, it really begins with us, the parents, those who are giving our children the access to these places. Um, I think we can all recognize that, yes, there's some very dark places on the internet, uh, but sometimes dark places invade the places that seem like they're supposed to be okay. And so having our level of awareness and, and being a part of our children's online experience is is 100% important. Absolutely. And, and you know, more and more the, there's new apps and as kids get older, um, there's these things like TikTok. I mean, can you, it blows my mind. I never thought I'd feel like old. <laughs> we grew up like on the dawn of cell phones and now we have apps called TikTok where they're dancing. But again, that's another place predators can lie. And, and as they get to be teens and they want to have these applications, you know, how do we have that conversation with our kids in terms of, you know, we want to allow them to have a little bit of freedom and, but how do you, do you know what I'm saying? Like, how, how do you have that conversation mm -hmm. in a way, like you said, without getting too graphic, but setting a standard and saying these are the boundaries and. Yeah. And, and so one of the things that um, I, I often talk about is when, if, if you've waited to have these conversations until a kid is already a teenager, you're a little late. Um, and I'm not saying that to, to shame anyone, and I'm not saying don't start the conversation if you haven't, have the conversation. That's one of our biggest mottos, but it starts with having simple conversations early and, and having them often, having them be regular, not making them be a taboo subject 
to talk about. Um, and so starting with that process with younger children, you know, kids are getting cell phones younger and younger ages. Parents typically start with some very strict rules around those devices. Same thing with iPads, cell phones. And then over time, we, we start to let those restrictions wane um, just because it's one more thing we have to keep track of. But, you know, talking about the, the reality that, you know, these, these devices, they're not toys. They, these are tools. And, and I think changing the context for how we're, we're looking at technology and saying it's, a, it's supposed to be used for something specific. And there's gonna be times when people don't use tools correctly. And so how, if somebody isn't using the tool correctly and not using it for what it's supposed to be, then you have to tell me about that. Um, I think another, another way is that when we're talking about teenagers um, is, is creating a opportunity for safe dialogue um, talk and being able to talk about the things that are difficult. Once somebody is, is 13, 14 to 15, statistically speaking, one in five children at the very least will receive some form of sexual solicitation online and on any type of platform. And that statistic, uh, sorry, that statistic is from 2010. Um, and anecdotally, I can tell you it's probably much higher than that. Um, with our work with high school students, about 90% of them had indicated they had received some type of unwanted message. Um, so so though it's happening quite often, right? But one of the other statistics is from these online research organizations, um, and, you know, with the FBI, National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, um, the majority of, of teens who were polled anonymously said more than 65% of them did not tell their parents. And so these, these types of interactions, these types of things are happening, but kids are still not going and talking to their parents, which again, high school age youth, that's something that's normal, but creating that avenue of trust and communication, being blunt and being straightforward and being honest. Um, oftentimes when I'm working with high school kids and I, I tell them I know what's going on online and I just give them straight direct answers, the look of surprise is there, but the look of acknowledgement that, yeah, that's what happens is also there. So being, you know, taking that opportunity to kind of be brave, be bold and say, hey, look, I know that you're probably on a lot of things that I have no idea what it does. But one of the things I, I want you to know is that if anything happens on there, if somebody sends you a picture or asks you for something, I, I just want to know because I want to talk to you about it because I want to make sure you're safe. And I don't want you to ever be in a situation where you feel like you can't talk to me or that you're, you're out of options. Even just laying that, even just saying it, you'll probably get the eye roll and the walk away by the teenager, but you've planted a seed. And I, and I think that that's one of the most important things that you can do is plant the seed of trust, of safety, of communication to say, look, no matter what it is, I'm not gonna blow my top. I'm not gonna lose my mind. I just wanna know so that we can help solve the problem together. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you bring up a lot of a lot of good information. What's, um, what about with younger kids and talking about internet safety with teenagers? I feel like you could be a little more blunt, but what about like little younger ones? I, I'm thinking like the eight to 10 year olds who are just starting to really be on these devices more and more on, on more of these, what you would think would be harmless games. Um, it's not necessarily going to be a photo that they're going to send you. Um, it mm -hmm. might be a phrase you see or, uh, message or a comment you hear. Um, yeah. So how, because how, obviously at that age, it's, it's, a, it's a different way of having the conversation. And uh, I, 
Yeah, and I think I think too, you get a lot of leeway um, for what you say and and the expectations that you set. And guess what? You can mess up a lot, and they're not going to notice either, right? Um, so, so I think one of the big things that that we we talk about is establishing those rules that that's going to be preventative, right? So having those devices that you you have, such as um, computers, laptop, desktops, cell phones, mobile devices, anything that has access to the internet, keeping those in common areas, right? Um, you know, I think one of the, the things that we can recognize is that even though there may still be something that happens, the proximity of a parent of an adult being near that device and maybe being near their child if something happens will increase the likelihood that they'll actually say something to their parent. So having them in a, the devices in a common space are there, but then creating a connection between the online world and the real world, right? Is, hey, um, you know, I'll, I'll say, I'll, one of my daughter's names, hey, Hazel, um, you know, one of the things that we talk about is that if you're ever out, you're at a playground and a stranger, somebody you don't know comes up and tries to talk to you, what do you do? Well, you tell them that you don't talk to strangers and, and then you come find, come find daddy or mommy, right? Um, hey, if you're ever playing Minecraft and somebody that you don't know not one of your friends that, that you know in real life tries to message you, um, you know, delete that message, don't answer it, and then just come and talk to me about it. But establishing that same type of connection, you know, because kids are increasingly living in the on online world. Um, that's where they meet people, that's where they know people, they develop those connections. And so we need to adjust the way that we explain these safety rules to children so that it ties into the online world as well. Absolutely. I, that was a really good example. And I'm going to have to use that one. I like that you use Minecraft and stuff that my son's playing. <laughs> you made it really easy for me. Um, so for those watching, do you have any questions for Jacob as we're going along here? Um, just put them into the comments uh, and we'll get Jacob to try and answer those for you. Um, what else do you got for us, Jacob? We got a few more minutes on this topic. Um, you know, I think one of the other important things for parents is, uh, at regardless of what age, um, is being involved directly in what's going on with that child and their use of technology, right? Um, a lot of the times we, we tend to be like, okay, good, we, we have some time to ourselves now. And we, co we covet that, right? We, we want that time. However, showing involvement in a kid's life, in a child's life, is something that children are always craving, they're always looking for. If you're showing that you have interest, they're gonna be more likely to share that experience with you. It also will allow you that opportunity over time to set those boundaries and set those standards. Hey, when you have a social media account, make sure you're having all of your settings to private. Only accept friends or press from people that you know. Um, and that you you know in real life as well, because people that you meet on the internet, they may not be who they actually are. And so you may find yourself in an unsafe situation um, around that. So even if somebody says that they know someone, unless you 100% know who they are, don't be involved. You can set those ground rules over time as you have the, the conversation with kids. Um, you know, ch having a regular checkup knowing what it is that they're using, knowing the apps that they're involved in, knowing the games that they're playing, um, 
being connected to them on, on social media. You know, I think a lot of the times we, we, especially when kids are getting older and they're teenagers, they want that freedom. They want that separation. At the end of the day, parents, you, you do have to remember your children only have access to this because you allow it, right? You provide the technology, you provide the cell phone, you pay for the plan, you pay for the internet, you, all of those kinds of things. Now you get into some gray areas when it's technology coming from school, but when it's those devices, you have every right to be involved to whatever level that you want um, to make sure that they're being safe. It, it, we have to stay in that mindset that our children's safety is our ultimate responsibility um, and phrasing it in that way and saying, look, I'm not doing this because I don't trust you. I'm doing this because I need to make sure that you're safe. Right. You know, you, you triggered me to think about a question that my son recently asked me, which was he really wants to have a YouTube account. And he's had a couple mm -hmm. friends recently get a YouTube account. Now, it, it was probably my fault because I kind of got him started with the Cape Kids cast thing and doing some fun videos with me, uh, which now has driven him because his friends have gotten their own YouTube channels. He wants his own YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm wrestling with that, actually. Do I let him? Do I let him? You know, he even has friends who are getting social media accounts now and Facebook. Yep. Accounts. And to me, like approaching 10, for me personally, it, it feels really young. I mean, I didn't have a social media account. I, don't, I think I was 28, 29. Yeah. Um, and that was a little old for the Facebook era <laughs> Um, and, and I just, I feel really conflicted about it because it feels like it's going to be the future. I, I feel like it's putting too much personal information out there, but I already do. He's already kind of out there. I'm just so conflicted about it. And um, how, what, in your opinion, what do you, what do you think? So, so I mean, you're right. We're, we're dealing with a potential transition to a largely online world. Um, kids are getting cell phones, social media accounts, and, and engaging with this content at much younger and younger ages, which is why there is a YouTube Kids. Um, you know, however, YouTube is still not a super safe place because it exists online. Um, it, you know, I think the the challenge is we are living in a world which grants children access to things that in so many other aspects of lives of children are regulated. The ages in which somebody can drive, the ages in which somebody can buy nicotine products, the age in which somebody can buy alcohol, when they can vote, when they can do things. And yet we have this unfettered access to technology which, which seems to be unrestricted and it falls directly on you. Um, you know, children all age and mature at different levels and speeds. Um, but one of, the, one of the things that can often be seen is people who are intelligent online can draw information incredibly quickly off of just what's in the background and where someone is. Um, and there's been a lot of examples of there being situations of, of safety uh, for kids, for adults, where somebody could find a location for someone, no matter how anonymous they were trying to be, there was just one thing in the background that, that somebody missed and the next thing they know is they're getting a knock on the door. They're having something coming. You know, there's all this terms like swatting uh, where people are calling SWAT teams into houses and doors are getting kicked in. Um, and so at, at, what, at what point does a child have that awareness 
a maturity and ability to do that? Um, I don't know. And so there's, it also depends on your level of involvement. Is it always going to be in the same space? Is there a background? Is it, you know, reviewing toys? Is it, what is it? Are you going to have comments turned off um, so that people can't write comments to a child? Are you going to have messaging turned off? And so it's, again, it's about that level of involvement. Is there a way that he can have a YouTube channel with your involvement and you can do everything possible to make sure that it is safe? Absolutely. Do you have the time, capability, or capacity to do all of that? That's, that's the question. And that's the question. And so at the end of the day, right, when it's it's that difficult to, to process, you have to figure out, all right, what are going to be the rules for this? And, and how much do I have it? I think it's, you know, a, a YouTube channel or a social media account today is the same question as, you know, can I get my Red Rider lever action BB gum for Christmas? Um, of the, the 1950s and 1960s, right? Is what level of risk are you willing to accept? And at what level of responsibility can that child meet? Um, and, and making sure that you're involved. And, and that's and that all circles back down to it is, it's a tough question. And like I said in the beginning, it feel, it's so overwhelming. And I think sometimes that's what makes a lot of us kind of, oh my gosh, I, I really have to think about this. I really, I got to set this and it feels so overwhelming that you're like, I don't know if I want to deal with it. And you kind of just let it go maybe. And you can't do that. Cause like you said, you have to decide what is important to you and what level of involvement you're going to have because that's going to determine how much they should have, you know? Absolutely. Um, so I really, I really appreciate you bringing all that up and I'm excited that you're going to be joining us again so we can talk about some other things and more in depth because you are a wealth of information. Um, before I kind of turn over into Amy, one one other thing. How are you doing, Jacob, through all this stuff with you and the girls and the what? How is it going for you? I want you to be real with us for just a minute. Boy, am I glad the camera's not working because you'd see the receding hairline and all of the new grays. Um, <laughs> no, it's, you know, I, I think it's... Um, you know the piece the piece that i i've taken away from from all of this is if you're a parent who's you know working part-time or full-time and and you've been thrust into a position where you have to continue to work with those even more limited childcare options than we already have or you're working from home and spending more time with your family and your kids um it, it changes your level of awareness in life. I, I think it, it, it allows you to really think, man, what am I doing? Um, how much am I working? How much time am I not seeing my kids? You know, what the priorities and where you place them and, and all of that. Um, and, and the changes and disruptions of routines for, ki for kids and seeing how much that actually impacts them. Um, I, I for, on a personal level, um, you know, both of you know me very well. I am a very high energy person. I like getting out there. I, I'm driving, I'm going, I'm talking to people. If I see you in Stop and Shop parking lot, we're going to be shooting the breeze for 15 minutes, even if there are cars passing us. And we're like, oh yeah, we're standing here in the middle, right, Amy? Um, you know, all of those kinds of things. Like, I love doing that. And so I've had to be still um, for a long time. And that, that was a really hard adjustment for me. But uh, and at the same time, in these past four months, I spent more time with my kids than I have in the last year and a half. And uh, wow, 
that, that was definitely eye-opening and, and a blessing, a blessing for me to be able to spend so much time with my kids um, because I, I love my, my kids, my family so much. And, um, and so I've, I've been very happy to be able to have this. So uh, one more thing, I just want to tell you, I picked up a copy of the local magazine today and I saw that you're one of the fabulous 40 under 40. So I want to give you a big congratulations on that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Very nice write up and picture and uh, you're in good company. So I was I was very pleased to see you had made the list this year. So was, congratulations on that. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, so now we're going to kind of turn to Amy and um, Amy is from, is from Good Grief Cape Cod, and uh, she's going to talk a little bit. Oh, there's Jacob finally. He's on the screen. I don't know what happened, but it happened. Oh, of course. The whole time I've been talking. <laughs> um, so Amy's about to go here, and Amy's going to share some information with us about uh, books, uh, ideas, therapy games, artwork, uh, and how grief is a thing that our kids... Uh, I personally am having high levels of anxiety and stress. I mean, it kind of ebbed and it was high in the beginning. I kind of ebbed for a while. And now that the longer this goes on and I'm thinking I'm overwhelmed with school going back, I'm overwhelmed with the screen time, I'm overwhelmed with it all. And I feel like I'm grieving the loss of my life and my, myself because I, as much as I love the kids and I love spending time with the family, I feel like I'm losing a little bit of myself because I'm not getting, I'm not, I'm a social person like you two. And um, I'm not getting that anymore as much as I, I need in my life. So Amy, take it away. Tell us how to deal with this grief. Grief. <laughs> um, I just want to make sure that there's no, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good, good, good. Cause there was a lot of stuff in the background, but it wasn't me. I muted myself my whole, the whole time. <laughs> We were having some some issues, but uh, so I'm I'm Amy Wyman. I am the director and founder of Good Grief Cape Cod. Uh, I have a master's degree in expressive art therapies, so I'm an expressive art therapist with a specialization in music therapy. So that is what we do at Good Grief Cape Cod. We offer services for children and families that are coping with loss, uh, death tragedy, um, divorce is another one, incarceration, um, addiction, families who are addicted to opioids we work with. Um, and I want to correct you, Amy, you shouldn't have to say, I feel like I'm experiencing a loss because you are, you in fact are, we all are, we all have been since this COVID stuff has, has started. And I think more of us need to to recognize that and take that into account that this is our our life now things are changing things are not okay and it's okay that we're not okay um jacob jokes about stop and shop um meeting at stop and shop he and i met each other in the hot dog aisle and i i seriously wanted to just run over to him and, and hug him but then i looked around and there's like all these people with like gloves and masks i'm like oh yeah i can't do that but it was so good to see him and we did totally like hold up an aisle of people who were trying to grocery shop and we didn't even care um <laughs> but i said to him i was like it, yeah i'm not okay and that is the new normal being not okay is okay these days. And that is in fact, okay. 
Um, so what you're going through is something that everyone is going through and you, you need to acknowledge it, um, in order to, to move forward. So we're here to help everybody. Um, what else do we do? I don't even, I'm just so, I love working with Jacob because every time I learn something new and I'm just like kind of out of it, just taking everything in that, <laughs> that he just said, I'm like, I want to go back and talk about that. Not about good grief. Um, <laughs> so yeah, to kind of get back to the grief thing. Um, I think that automatically people are like, Oh gosh, grief. I don't want to talk about that. It's a taboo subject. Um, just as the same as child sexual abuses, but no, it just as Jacob says, the earlier we talk to these children about these topics, the easier it's going to be like throughout their lives. You're opening a gateway of, of trust with them. And it's a real easy conversation to have um, the earlier on. So for instance, let's see, um, Olivia steps on a bug and then looks at it and its guts are, are squished. And then you talk about, yeah, that bug was alive and now you have you've killed it. It's dead. Its body is not working anymore. It doesn't need air to breathe. It doesn't need food. It doesn't need water. And the kid does with what he or she wants with that information and goes on from there. Maybe asks you more questions and maybe, oh, okay, well, that was interesting. There's your first conversation about death that you can have. Um, you know, when your kid's like one years old and is exploring ants and, and you've just opened up a door where, wow, I can talk about this squished caterpillar guts with my mom. That's pretty cool. And you've opened up a door to have other conversations uh, with your child. Um, I always recommend to be as honest as possible. If they are asking these questions, it's they deserve it. We need to respect our kids. They know a lot more than we think they do. And they have a lot more questions than we you know, think the toddler who's always like, why, why, why mama, why daddy? Um, we need to be answering those questions with them. But what we do at Good Grief, and you guys have caught me on a good time. We have some, some bad news. We were affected by COVID. Um, so we had to leave our office space. But the good news is with money that um, Good Grief had, we were able to make an at-home office. So I figured I would give you guys a tour, even though it's not completely done, but we'll, we'll go around and talk about things that um, we offer. So I'm going completely mobile, which is great because we rely on our in-school programming. What we do is we go into schools and we have after school or before school or during school groups meet up and they do um, art therapy sessions with, with myself. And also what we were doing, um, Barnstable, Sandwich, Mashpee, and Falmouth all had individual sites, um, satellite sites, where we would have groups meet and have support groups. So that's what I offer. Um, let's see. I don't know. Amy, I have a, I have a quick question for you really quick. Um, so two things I'd really love for you to kind of touch on for the audience. One, the grief as it's affected the kids who are really missing their friends and how to have conversations about that and looking towards a return to either daycare or school. Like, 
what that may look like because there are kids who are not going to be going back. They are going to miss those friends. Um, and then also, um, as COVID continues, and obviously numbers in other states are rising, and, and we may see that happen here. And our uh, Board of Health, Scott, began at least in Falmouth. It's, it, in the schools, it's not a question of if, it's going to be when someone gets affected. And how to talk to our kids about that, because, I mean, it can have a lot of effects on them emotionally. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a great question. Um, well, I can give you an example of how I approached it with with my kids. Um, honesty and kind of waiting for them to take it in what they make of it and then have them ask me questions. So we talked about um, kids, kids deserve the truth. I'm a firm believer that kids deserve the truth. And just as Jacob said, you don't need to like go all into it. If they ask, then you know, they're, they really want to know you, you can be honest with them and, and to go more in depth with it. But death is the same. All these losses are the same, um, you know, situation. So when there was no, no school, I, I kind of broke it down. Hey guys, I'm, I'm really sorry. This is out of my hands. This has nothing to do with the school. There's a virus, you know, reiterating what a virus is, how you can catch it, what we can do to stay away from a virus and stay safe and healthy. And that's why they're closing down, down the school. So we had that, um, that first initial conversation. And at first, I'm sure like most kids were like, yeah, vacation time. Um, but then it went on for a really long time. When am I going to see my friends? When do I get to go back to my classroom and use my colored pencils and all my materials? And what about my artwork? Am I going to get that back? Um, so it was a bunch of little conversations, but just reminding them why we are where we are today, because there's a virus and I love you. I don't want you to to catch it. I don't want you to get sick because if you do get sick, I really don't know what that's going to mean if you know, because some people are unfortunately older people are, are dying from it. We don't want it to spread to uh, grandparents or friends. And this is why we can't have play dates, this and that. Um, but also it's a good time to introduce them, unfortunately, to the virtual world that we were just listening to you know, Jacob talk about all the, the negative things about it and the scary things that are on there. Um, I know that Amy, our kids talk sometimes through Facebook Messenger. And at the beginning of all this, uh, my kids thought it was pretty cool to send friends funny faces and, and little songs and doodads here and there now and then. Um, so they were, they were enjoying it. Virtually, we can connect with other friends. And I think that it's important to keep that in mind. It can be done during this time, just not face to face always. Um, so that's always helpful. Um, we have, I still am working with, with clients. We have a bunch of clients, unfortunately, because with this pandemic, a lot of tragedy unfolds, as I'm sure you guys can imagine. Um, so we have some high priority clients right now that I'm, I'm working with and luckily school is out now, but when school is in, they're sitting in front of a, a screen for six hours a day. And by the time it's time to come to, to Amy and do some art therapy, some fun stuff at the end of the day, without 
actually coming into my office and seeing me personally. I'm just another person that they have to talk to on a, on a zoom call. So it's been, um, it's been really, really tricky for everyone. And that's a loss that personal interaction right there. We think of losses, you know, Oh, death. Yeah. That's a huge one. Yeah. There's over 48 types of losses that one can incur by the time that they are age 18. So think about that number, that amount of transitions in life, that amount of stress right now. I mean, you're, the kids are out of school. They're out of their routine. There might be financial problems at home. Um, we all know that divorce rates have skyrocketed and parents can't even get out of the home um, because the market, the housing market is so, so terrible. Um, you've got siblings who aren't normally home together at the same time all day long that are, are fighting. That's a huge, that's a relationship loss. I mean, my kids have gone at it the last time. I've never seen them fight like this before in my life. Um, you know, as I've seen the last three months, you're losing out um, on time with, with parents, if you think about it, because sometimes one in the household is the one who has to go out to, to work while the other one is staying at home with the kids because of the childcare issue, because childcare centers are not not open right now. So it's just, uh, it's a, a pyramid of all these things crumbling down um, into their lives on top of not being able to see friends. Sometimes, unfortunately, in families, going to school is um, getting away from the negativity in your life, getting out of your house in the morning and having to get on that bus and go to school. It may be a struggle for some kids, but for some, it's leaving um, really terrible situations and they, they need that that place to go, that safe safe place to go, and they're not getting that um, anymore. Um, for some kids, it's the only time of day at school where they get attention from an adult or get to have a, a nice hot meal for breakfast and for lunch and have a snack um, before they go home to possibly not being able to eat dinner. So there there are just so many losses that have come out of this COVID thing on top of if you actually knew someone who caught the virus and, and passed away. Um, so there's a lot that we need to be doing. And as I've said, you know, we are past the point of now focusing on mental health. Like that should have been the first thing that we started focusing on. And people were um, very, oh, we got to keep up with academia. Um, <laughs> No, we need to worry about the side effects that this is going to uh, occur in, in all of our children. They're all feeling it, even from the infants, infancy. The infants that are no longer in their infant room at, you know, little kids or, or wherever they go, um, this is different for them. They don't know the extremity of what they have lost, but they pick up on facial expressions. They pick up on adults' behavior. They pick up on children's behavior. They know something's up because their their brother is home all the time and he didn't used to be home all the time. And mommy's got like mommy rage by 11 o'clock in the morning and she's, she's yelling at us and daddy's nowhere to be seen all day. I don't see him until almost bedtime because he's working extra hours to keep up the financial needs that the household needs to, to stay alive. It's just, it's, it's crazy. Um, it's crazy the amount of stress 
and anxiety that these kids are are under right now. I don't even know if that answered your question. I don't even know what your question was. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> you know what? It, it's such a big topic. Both these things are such big topics that, you know, I kind of wanted to introduce them to our audience and then we're going to come back to all these things because I mean, we, we could spend a lot of time on them and, and we are going to, we're going to, we're going to get this going as a series because this is, I think, a huge need for the community. And um, we, we need to know what our resources are out there. We need to be educated on all these things. Um, and I, I wish we had more than an hour, but we're going to come back <laughs> again with both of you. Oh, hold on. Oh, hold on. What? I no, can I say something? Yes. yes. Okay, sorry. Um the definition of loss is the uh, I mean grief is the natural reaction to any type of loss. So what even though we're tailored to death and and tragedy and um it's not just about death and tragedy. It could be you lost um oh I lost earrings from um, Hawaii that I will never be able to to replace. Those meant something to me, and I I recently um, lost them. That's a loss, um, you know, like when a king loses his crown. It's it's important to me, and that's what matters. And we need to kind of keep that in mind with kids. Um, yeah, I realized my five year old missed his kindergarten graduation. And I don't know if that was more important to me or more important to him. That's kind of like a, a big deal. Think about all the kids who are not getting a graduation, are not getting to go to, to prom because of all this. Those are all losses. So even though you or I might think, oh, yeah, yeah, they'll they'll get over it. I think we need to up the bar in respect for these kids that this is a valuable loss. We need to acknowledge it. We need to acknowledge all these losses that these kids have been going through and we need to help them um, cope productively so that they can, that they can move forward. Um, and I think we're not, we're not doing enough of that. We're just focusing on trying to get kids into school for the fall. So I think that should be on everybody's mind. What can I do to kind of help my child's mental health right now? Because they are at a huge huge disadvantage right now all those kids who aren't gonna who are going to college and they're just gonna get thrown into a college without um going to freshman orientation or whatever it's it's just they're losing out on on too much and we need to be focusing more on them and not on us okay i'm done and we're gonna talk more um and I really appreciate both of you coming on tonight because they are tough topics. There's a lot to unpack with both of them. Um, there's a lot of overwhelming feelings with all of it. I know you're talking about the loss with the kids. I, and then I'm sitting here thinking about what a loss it is for the teachers or even the parents not to see their friends anymore or the teachers who didn't get to see. When, see, that's going to make me cry right now because I think about the teachers not seeing their kids thinking that was just going to be a week break. And it turned into months and that makes me 
so sad for them, for all of them, see? But all those types of things are just such big losses. The ballet teacher, the owner of the ballet studio that was supposed to have a rehearsal, all those kids that worked so hard. I mean, it is, it's overwhelming. And you're right, all these things we have to say, it's okay to be and take a moment for this. And we're all feeling it. And we have to work through it together. And we all have to play on the same team and, and we have to move forward in, in what's gonna happen. But it's a lot. <laughs> And I, I, I think that, um, you know, the first the first thing that really matters is acknowledging the feeling. You know, we have such a culture that is suck it up, shape up, push through. It's only going to be a little bit longer. Things will go back to the way they were. And but it's OK to say I'm sad, you know, and, and one of the things I I recorded a video I was going to post on some social media thing a while ago. I, I went for a walk at my office. And man, I just missed being around my coworkers. You know, some uh, this great group of people who I've just been through. Just we deal with some really tough stuff, and I just wanted to be able to have a cup of coffee with a coworker. And 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 my daughter, who's, you know, she hasn't been to school and everything, but she gets sad sometimes and starts crying, and she says she misses the library, just the library, just being able to go. And it's okay for us to acknowledge these feelings. And as parents, it's also a really great practice for us to sit down and say, yeah, it's, it's okay to acknowledge this. It's okay to be sad because again, these moments are the ones that allow us to have better conversations, more conversations with our kids over time so that when they are those teenagers who are pissed off and don't want to talk to us, maybe when they're having one of those really hard times, they'll remember that and, and be able to come and sit down and talk to us again. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now we're going to Sorry, I got to mute Amy because we're having feedback issues. So now we're going to get to the little part at the end here that hopefully you guys are as excited. I know Amy's been part of it before. Jacob, this is your first time. So we award a little kindness gift to someone in the community. Someone nominates someone else. And we call them, we surprise them um, on live and um, read them what their kind friend said about them. Now, they don't always uh, answer. So if not, we'll leave a message. I'm hoping she does. So our winner tonight is actually a Melissa White. And she was nominated by her friend Charlene. And we're going to call Melissa now. And we're going to surprise her with a little present. <laughs> I love this part of the show because it's a nice way to give back. And other people are recognizing other people within the community that make a difference in their life. So it's my, really one of my cool. favorite parts. Yeah. Hey, it's Melissa. Sorry, I missed your call, but we need a message. I'll get back to you soon. Thanks. Bye. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. Hi, Melissa. This is Amy from Cape Cod Moms, and I'm here on the Parent Pod on our Thursday Night Live with Jacob Stapleton from Children's Cove and Amy Wyman from Good Grief Cape Cod. And the reason we're calling you right now is because your friend Charlene. Uh, nominated you into um, our Random Acts of Kindness Best Friend Basket um, contest, and we've selected you as the winner tonight. So I just wanted to read to you what um, Charlene said about you um, so that everyone can hear. And she said she's been friends with Melissa for 30 years. She was one of my first friends that I made when I moved here from Brockton. We have been through so much through the years, and she's always stuck by my side. 
we were eight-year-olds jamming out to new kids on the block, to spending weekends bar hopping, to being in each other's weddings, seeing each of us have our babies, and both of our firstborn children share birthdays. We will always be close, even though we live far away. I love you, my friend, and she is more like family. So congratulations, Melissa. Uh, feel free to text me later, but we're gonna um, give you a little gift and we'll get it to you this week. Um, thanks so much. Congratulations. Yay, Melissa. I, you know, I, I love these stories because it's about friendships and um, people doing good for others in, and recognizing that. So I love combing through these stories every week and finding just the right one to kind of fit um, with our stuff. So uh, let me just share, uh, Children's Cove actually shared a thing while you were talking, Jacob. Let me just take my, our names off here. Let me see, hide me, how do I do this? Um, so Children's Cove, to learn more about online safety for your children, please visit www.childrenscove.org. Uh, the parents slash uh, parents dash caregivers forward slash online dash safety forward slash. Uh, and you can get more of this information that Jacob was talking about tonight. Um, and then we also have um, we have Children's Cove's website is right here. I'm going to pull, pull it up for everyone really quick. And then we also have let me pull up Good Grief Cape Cod and give everybody a minute to take that down. So you want to make sure everybody has your websites and your contact information um, before we get off here. And Jacob and Amy will be joining me again. You're going to see um, another schedule come out for August and September. And they will definitely be on it because they're two of my favorite guests. <laughs> Maybe love coming on. Um, Amy's website, no www, not at all. It's just goodgriefcapecod.org. You can find both these resources on Facebook. Both are open books. If you have anything, if you want to ask them any quick thing, they, they really, they're great people. You know, reach out to them, utilize them. They're here in our community. They're parents like us, and uh, they can they can really help you here. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Amy. Once we end, stay on here. We'll chat for a few minutes. Um, but thank you so much for everyone for joining us. Next week, we'll see you. We're going to be talking with Kevin Pacheco from Vivid Entertainment, who has started the drive-in movie theater over at the fairgrounds in Falmouth. I went to the Yarmouth one tonight, so I have a little idea of what to expect. Also in the lineup for this month, we'll be closing out the month with Laura Shortino from Turning Point Dance Studio, um, another local mom. So uh, we're, we're going to be having some great, great conversations. So, um, oh, thank you, Brooke. You are a hundred percent right they are both great support systems and um i'll be talking with jacob and amy actually after about how we're going to adapt the parent resource fair going forward so stay tuned for that that's going to be exciting because we need to keep connecting you to two amazing resources and lots of other ones so thanks so much for joining us we'll see you next week you can catch the replay on youtube our website or igtv Thanks again. Thank you.